All righty, it is that time in the week when we peel back the layers and find all the juicy little nuggets that Black Locks Reporter has dug up, and they do dig a lot of good stuff up. And that's where we find Tom Korski, who is the managing editor over at Black Locks Reporter. Hello there, sir. Hi, Alex. All right, busy, busy days. The Trudeau government is uh, going after the Russian power and money in this country with cabinet demanding they do more than just freeze the accounts of oligarchs. But um, these are oligarchs who have huge investments in our energy sector. And I am uh, going to be talking to to Sam after you, who's going to kind of take me through who the oligarchs are and, and how, you know, we can stop them or if we will stop them. But it's interesting when you look at, you know, they've had some pretty tight relationships with government over the years, getting subsidies. I couldn't believe some of the money I was hearing that they got in CERB payments and uh, government help during the pandemic. But, you know, there's pictures of Christopher Freeland kind of hanging out with uh, an oligarch and a company in, in the West. Everest Steel, one of the largest steelmakers west of the Great Lakes. Interesting, they received uh, in 2019 a 40 million federal subsidy. 40 million. They have mills and uh, well, uh, to upgrade their mills. So it was just it was an industry Canada handout. And uh, you're right, the the then Foreign Minister Freeland toured the mill, praised the company and the workers, and uh, Ralph Goodale showed up. The prime minister toured their factory in Regina in 2018. They have mills in Regina, Red Deer, Calgary, Camrose, Alberta. It cuts close to home, doesn't it, Alex, when the Mm -hmm. finance minister Freeland says, you know, we want sanctions to uh, express our moral outrage with the Ukraine patriots, and we want these to hurt well, there are 2,000 Canadians on the Everest payroll. That's a Russian-owned company that starts to get a little close. Well, yeah, but you know what? They've had years to deal with this kind of stuff of foreign you know, influence, foreign funding, all these things that they, you know, they, they made a big stink about with the truckers, Tom. But you know, it's very clear over the years that uh, a lot of countries, whether it's Russia or China, have been making very big investments into this country. And it has put us in a real, I wouldn't even say a pickle, it's put us and our country in, in, um, in danger. That and isn't that globalization and that's free trade and they are free traders and and this is the dark side of that. It gets mm. awfully hard to express moral outrage and indignation when it starts costing jobs and money. If they mean it, then that's what's going to happen. So I'm not suggesting that cabinet is is disingenuous when it says it wants mm-hmm. to make Russia suffer, but explain that to the 2,000 people who work for the Russians in steel mills in Alberta and Saskatchewan. That's when it starts getting a little close. You enjoyed the photo op at the time. It felt yeah. good to give them a taxpayer's subsidy. <laughs> now it gets complicated. Yeah, boy, oh boy, the company you keep, that's who you'll be judged by. Meanwhile, Liberal MPs on the Commons Finance Committee committee yesterday rejected this two-year ban on the sale of, this doesn't make any sense to me, of Canadian residential real estate to foreigners abroad. So the Liberal Party promised a ban in the September 20, whatever, 21 election that was. And, you know, they know how much dirty money is going through this country, making real estate for everyday people, um, you know, unaffordable because it's being parked in real estate. Um, they were going to deal with this, and yet they say they can't, and they're not going to worry about it because they're worried about, oh, yeah, the snowbirds might get affected. Well, exempt them, but why, why would they delay on this of taxing the foreign buyers? It's interesting, isn't it? It's, it's almost as if cabinet didn't mean it. Every time, every time a government... <laughs> it's almost like they just don't want to solve any of these problems. <laughs> like it's... 
every time they have to vote on this, they vote it down. And every time they have to speak on this, they vote they speak in favor of it. So last August, the prime minister said uh, a reelected liberal cabinet would ban purchase of residential real estate in Canada by uh, foreign offshore non-Canadians, non-residents. Mm-hmm. Foreigners get out two-year ban, and here they voted it down in the Commons Finance Committee after they voted down a similar conservative motion last June in the old Parliament. Yeah. I agree. It's it's it is confusing. <laughs> it? It's almost as if, and I'm not saying this, Alex. I want to make this clear. It's almost as if cabinet wants people to think that they're going to do this, but really they don't want to. Yeah, imagine that. Another thing they don't want to do. Um, so this huge debate on the CRTC, you know, are they going to ban foreign propaganda, you know, of uh, Russian today, which, you know, they've, they've you know, the um, telecommunication companies have taken Russia today off the channels, but the CRTC has not actually said it's going to be banned. But then they wouldn't even commit to enforcing a ban on foreign propaganda by Chinese state TV. Like, I don't get it. What, what, what is so difficult about this? Well, because it, because then the Chinese embassy is not going to like it for the same reason. Too bad. This well, is a country yeah, that interfered know. with our election, Tom. No, I mean, do we no. not care? Oh. No, for the same reason we wouldn't boycott the Olympics. This is the thing. This is the thing when you're a, a G7 country. It gets complicated, and it's not about signaling or being performative. So in this case, they said they, uh, after uh, uh, Bell, Shaw, and Rogers said, uh, Russia TV, off the air. We don't even know mm-hmm. what the viewing audience is, by the way. Uh, the suspicion is it's quite modest. Uh, the It is a state-funded television service um, that has been fined in the United Kingdom for hate speech. So uh, the natural question was, well, if we're not going to permit distribution of foreign state-funded broadcasts that engage in propaganda in Canada, well, how about China Central Television, CCTV? I mean, they invented it. I, I think Mao was the first news director there. Well, mm. th- that's a good question. <laughs> the prime minister replied, quote, unquote, when asked by a reporter. It, it is. It's like the steel mill owned by the Russians. Alex, it just gets really, really complicated. It's, it, it, it's not right like running a by-election in jean Kier. It's it, it, it gets hard. <laughs> Yeah, I can't imagine why we're at such a disadvantage. disadvantage. It's, uh, you know, the politicians say one thing and then they do another. And then meanwhile, I, I, you know, I got to talk about this one. The materials, and this is not news to anybody, um, the materials used in renewable energy sectors are often produced by the slave labor of young children. And so the Senate Human Rights Committee heard testimony about all the slave-produced renewables, um, you know, in conjunction with this bill S-21, which is supposed to amend the Custom Tariff Act. And uh, so a bunch of forced labor groups came up and told their their horrible tales of what this does to children and, and what's going into our green products. But um, the, the, the people, the critics say, look, this bill doesn't do anything to actually deal with that. So the companies aren't going to be penalized. So what's the point in putting through this bill? Fascinating testimony in the Senate Human Rights Committee, though, Alex. It really was the uh, advocates of people who devoted their lives to this, to ending slave labor, which exists in many countries all over the world, mm-hmm. said you want to take a real close look at green energy. I mean, just the name, green energy, and you see images in their marketing of, you know, little girls running through fields of flowers. No. 
No, the uh, panels used in uh, solar panels are uh, a large uh, number of them are manufactured in Xinjiang, home of the in China, home of the largest forced concentration camp since the Holocaust, according to a foreign affairs subcommittee. The uh, wind turbines uh, include balsa components, balsa wood produced by slave labor uh, mm-hmm. with clear cutting in the Congo. And lithium batteries produced by child labor in some African countries. Terrible human rights abuses go into renewable energy. When have you ever heard that discussed by yeah. proponents of renewable yeah. energy? Environment Minister Steve Gibo, come on down. He should have been there. Save the he trees, not the children. I know. He should. Yeah, he, but. He, he, it was absolutely blood curdling and really compelling testimony. Yeah, I don't know why this is okay in the environmental group. Like, they care about the bears, they care about the polar bears, they care about the trees and the rivers, but then you can see these images of these little children, like, their hands burned off from acid and and battery making for electric cars, and everyone's like, that's okay. Yeah, it's deeply, deeply disturbing. But, I mean, it's green. I mean, I have to hand it. to green advocates, both in their ability to win federal subsidies and their ability to present themselves in almost a Jesus-like context of planet saving. How many kids who march on climate day know about some of these human rights atrocities? It's absolutely dreadful. Crazy, eh? Nonetheless, they're doing that. They're trying to save the planet there, Trying to save the planet there, Tom. All right, look, uh, busy times. I've got to let you go, but always thank you for your time. Thank you. My, my pleasure. Thanks, Alex. That is Tom Korski. He is with Black Locks Reporter. And, of course, it is subscription-based. It is worth every penny.